LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. What's up, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King. I am a lead pastor at Second Baptist Church of Conway, Arkansas, and I am joined by my brother and friend, Sam Rayner. Hey, Sam. Hey, man. How, how's the kayaking? Dude, I am so in love with kayaking, it's not even funny. Um, I just I just want to go kayaking all of the time. And uh, my son's kayak comes in this week, uh, and he's super excited. We had one. We had one of these, like, it's just a starter kayak. It's just you kind of sit on it, but he's kind of outgrown it, and we want to go on a little bit uh, stronger currents that – he needs a little bit bigger one. So. And by stronger currents, do you mean like class three rapids? No. I mean like a normal <laughs> river. <laughs> He's what good, do uh, you what do you see when you, you kayak? See? Well, it depends on the river you go on, but I mean the big one here in Arkansas is the the little known fact. I didn't know it before we moved here. The first national river uh is in Arkansas. It's called the Buffalo National River. Ironically, no, no buffalo. There's no buffalo anywhere well, that's near. Kind of, but it's kind of a bummer. I know. I wonder if I go down I got, the Buffalo River, I want to see buffalo. I would expect. I would expect that. But one of the big things is elk. You see a lot of elk. You can that's see cool. Bear. Um, the water is crystal clear, beautiful, and uh, there's these what I call cliffs. I think they're called cracks, or you know, and there's the little um, caves, those sort of things. Lots and lots of waterfalls. So. Um, and some of them you just kind of like paddle by. You don't go over them, you know. Do, do you spelunk? I don't spelunk and I don't imagine I ever will. Uh, you know, that's a really funny thing to ask a pastor because if you didn't know what spelunking was, you could mm-hmm. make all sorts of inferences as to <laughs> the pastor who spelunks. <laughs> <laughs> just throw somebody off that way. So, I'm interested. If you're a listener of ESD. What is your ecclesiology of spelunking? Spelunking, exactly. <laughs> Did you hear Beth Moore's opinion on splunking? Spelunking. <laughs> we could take this so many ways. And there are a lot of church members out there that would probably be very confused. Like, isn't that the cave diving thing? What, what, are, what are you doing? Is that a, the, is that a is spelunking a theology? Of course, preachers. We should make spelunking up. like this new catch-all term for people who make way too much of theology and just be like, just you're, you're spelunking right now. You're spelunking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but if you're an EST listener and you're super into kayaking, hit me up on Twitter. Let's talk about it. I just love kayaking. So, what about you? How's your day? You know, my day is good, but mm-hmm. I'm selling my baseball cards. So, um, hmm. my wife wants a new kitchen. We let me, let me refer, <laughs> since this is to the world, um, <laughs> we need a new kitchen. And yeah. she doesn't listen to any of the episodes, so I can pretty much say whatever I want to say. But she's completely justified in this desire. She has. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm in the process of selling my baseball cards. What's um, your very very nicest uh, most expensive baseball player card? Uh, I have a 48 leaf Jackie Robinson rookie, but I'm not selling that one. Okay. How much would that go for? Do you know? Have you looked it up? If you have to ask, 
you can't then, afford it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My motto is if the discount they're advertising is something I couldn't afford, then I couldn't afford it. You there know? you go. They're like $10,000 off a new truck. Yep. I can't afford the rest, whatever it is. Can't. So let's talk theology or church. It's not really theology, I don't think. Well, we, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's rude. Everything has a, a, you know, has theology. The foundation is theology, certainly. Yeah. So this one comes in via Twitter, as a lot of our ideas do. So if you are listening and you want us to talk about something, just hit us up on Twitter at, uh, what is it like, at EST Church. I mean, I know it's EST Church. I don't know if that's how you say it, at EST Church. <laughs> yes. You at can... EST Church. Uh, hit us up. Our handle is EST Church. That's our handle. That's what the kids say. <laughs> I love acting like I'm old. About I still the remember the days of CB radio. Back when I was, you know, doing jeeping and stuff, you know, I, you know going out and right, getting and off-road. And we, had, we had CB radios. And that's technically where they got the, the terminology. The, the handle. handle. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Ed Blythe is the one who messages us in. He's in Pittsville, Missouri. He's an avid Christian, a follower of Christ, a fan of Mizzou Athletics, Sporting KC, Chiefs Royals. Pretty much he doesn't like sports. And his opinions are his own, as are mine. So he wants to know how to manage church giving shortfall. So let's define that first. Well, let's just say, you know, Micah's not on the show because – Brainerd's super rich, so they don't even know what a giving shortfall would be. Yeah, we we asked Micah, hey, would you like to be on the episode for um, talking about giving shortfalls? And he gave this maniacal, deep laugh with his voice and was just right. like, I, I have no idea what that is. What what, what exactly is this thing that y'all are dealing with? <laughs> He's going to hate us. <laughs> You're not here, Micah, so we can say what we want. We're kidding. Uh, Brainerd is a normal church like every other church. So... Um, yeah, so let's define what a shortfall would be. I guess it goes back to a budget. So you've set a budget, right? Yes. And there's budget needs. So uh, there's there's two kinds of shortfalls. One where you're below budget and one where you would be below receipts. So if you've set a budget, let's say $100,000 mm-hmm. and that's your annual budget. We're going to use that um, through the whole show. It's a sure. shortfall of $100,000. Because, you know, that would be um, – that would be on the smaller side, but not, you know, not tiny. You're talking about um, like 80 to 100 people uh, is what maybe I would 50. think in most contexts, 50 to uh, Yeah, 80. you know, it just depends on, it depends on your context. But 100,000, yeah. let's say $100,000 budget. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, you, if you don't meet budget, that's one kind of shortfall. Um, but then there would be another kind of shortfall where the money that you take in, you've spent more than the money you've taken in. Right, and you called that receipts. I call that bills, like the bill, the things you got to spend money on. But it's more than that. That's no, what receipts, because if you no buy, receipts, receipts is the revenue. Receipts are the revenue. So, um, let's you have a hundred thousand dollar budget, and let's uh-huh. say let's say you take in one hundred twenty thousand dollars that year, right? But you spent one hundred thirty thousand dollars. So let's walk let's walk through this example. You have a hundred thousand dollar budget. Your okay. over budget, you, you took in your receipts, your revenue was $120,000. So, $20,000 over budget. Cool. But then you spent $130,000. You have a $10,000 cash shortfall. Which and is then, bad. Yeah. And then you spent thirty more thousand than you budgeted. So, there's two kinds of shortfalls there. Right. We're probably confusing everybody at this point. Yeah. Well, I think most of our listeners are kind of, okay, I'm tracking with you. I took in more than I planned on spending. 
And then I spent more than I planned on spending, which is always, that's not a good thing. There needs to be checks and balances. At some point, somebody needs to approve, hey, we're getting past the $100,000 mark on these things. Right. But so it does in, happen. In, our, in the case that we just gave, $100,000 budget, $120,000 in receipts, and then one hundred and thirty dollars is what you spent. It sounds like, you know, you got a little overzealous in the middle of the year. I mean, you, right. you know, it could be anything, but if I was consulting the church, I would say, uh, you guys got a little happy that you were over budget and then you went and spent too much. Exactly. I was just about to say that. That's not an uncommon thing if the giving is good, that the spending gets kind of out of whack. And I think both of us would suggest if the giving is good, that's a great time to really focus in on your spending and make sure that there's a, a like a windfall, like a, a surplus at the end of the year. Make sure you're budgeting correctly. But you can't have too much of a surplus, particularly if you publish it in your worship guide because we, we then people that. will feel like that they don't need to give. Yeah. Um, so, one we, of the best things that you can do when you're budgeting mm-hmm. is to project your revenues first. We're about to enter into budget season. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of – by the time this airs, a lot of churches are going to be starting their budgeting process. A lot of churches have a fiscal year that is their calendar year. So, the financial year is the same as the calendar year. Mm-hmm. So, the financial year begins on Jan 1, calendar year begins on Jan 1. A lot of churches can be going through budgeting. One of the best things that you can do to prevent a budget shortfall or to prevent just a short a cash shortfall is to project your revenues first. Don't do your expenses first. Do your revenues first. So, look at the last several years. Um, you know, last five years, how much did you bring in? Why did you bring in that amount? Is, have something changed? Um, and then try your best through averages or if you're really smart, regression analysis. Um, that That's a statistical joke um, that nobody <laughs> will get. Um, I totally didn't know what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. And, and try your best to project your revenues first and then back in your expenses. Yeah. So, this is what we think we're going to bring in. Now, we know how much we can spend. Don't do it the other way around. Don't do all your expenses and say, well, I hope we bring in this amount. Mm-hmm. That's how churches get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we were asked specifically, what do you do when there's a shortfall? So, you've got bills coming in, you don't have the cash to to pay them. And we're going to get to that. But I think wisely, we're starting the conversation back where these sort of things happen. And you... I'm amazed at how many churches just grow to accept the fact of, yeah, we never make budget. I don't think that that's a healthy way of doing things uh, personally. No, it means you're not projecting your revenues properly. Right. It means you're you're thinking that you're going to bring in too much and that gets you in a lot of trouble. It'd be like if, you know, hey, I think I'm going to make, you know, $50,000 this year and you do that every year, but every year you don't make it. You're going to overspend. Yeah. And you don't ever – I always explain this and I know it's much more complicated than this. If you're at the $100,000 kind of budget level, it's not a whole lot more complicated than this. But once you get into a million and a half, two million, three million, whatever, the, things get a lot more complicated, especially when you're talking about like uh, what you know your savings accounts are yielding and those sort of things. So, I, I, I get that. But really, it does come down to the same way that you budget in your family, hopefully – is a similar way that you're some of the same principles. So nobody sits here and goes, "Hey, I want to spend a hundred thousand next year, so I'm going to budget a hundred thousand." No, you you look at how much you make, like right. what's your what do you earn, and then you put. Most people would put a budget under that, at least at it or under it. Do you guys do 
And and here's what I'm trying to bring up. Different churches have different what I call healthy models. Some do what's called 100%. So they'll budget off of you're, you're talking about your revenue. And so you're project, projecting out, we'll make this. And so they, they budget that. Do you guys do 100% or how do you guys set the actual budget number? We, um, we carefully look at the last few years. Now, so last year we went in, we went under, we went, we budgeted 5% under what our receipts were. Okay, uh, we cool. haven't, yeah. we, we haven't always done that. Sometimes we have increased the budget, um, beyond the receipts because we just saw some good trends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some, you know, fancy Baptist magic that we do with our, um, with our spreadsheets and we just, you know, no, we hope, I, I, we, we've done it differently every year. Um, but one of the things that we work hard on is accurately projecting our revenues. So what, mm. what will we bring in? Sometimes we pull that up a little bit and sometimes we've pulled it down. Um, so this year's budget's actually lower than last year's budget because we really wanted to streamline a lot of things mm. um, in our budget. Um, so we took a year of uh, really, really um, sharp, sharpening our pencils. There's a there's a phrase for <laughs> those who are in the financial world or the procurement world. Sharpen our pencils. Remember CB radios. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. Oh man, I had this thought that I just I have to share. Like okay. at one point, we have to do an episode on if uh, you know what's what the what the CB handle for celebrity pastors would be. I like it. I like. I think we it could get us that. in a whole lot of trouble. But we need to move on because so we're not you guys about do. That. So you're looking at the last five years. You're projecting out trends. Stay where they are. Not going crazy. This is about what we should bring in. So you set your budget to you have to about five percent lower than that, roughly. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. generally what we do. We are. I've always done one hundred percent, just right at that. And so you project out, and you know I consider the five years, but I mainly the weight of it goes to the last year, of course. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, you're you're kind of looking at trends there. So if you just one year bump up, like I don't know, like thirty percent in giving and you don't ask why that happened or is it still going to happen again? You know, those sort of things. Let's say you normally bring in about a hundred thousand a year and then one year, all of a sudden you bring in 125,000 and you're like, sweet, we're going to set next year's budget to 125. And you don't ask, oh wait, that was a one-time gift off of somebody who sold a large piece of property. Or somebody passed away and left their estate to the church. Yeah. Which is awesome. But don't set your budget next year to 125, set it to 100. Right. That, because you're more than likely not going to have the richest member of your church die every single year. Um, and if they do, they're not all going to give. So that sort of stuff, we set it. Now, this year, we are working hard. We've already been working hard. We're going to go with a 90% model. So we're going to set it at 10% less than what we brought in the previous year. And that purpose of that is to create a windfall. We are intentionally creating windfalls. Now, like you said, uh, we don't publicize that. We, we we publicize our weekly amounts, those sort of things, but the budget and finance team and the pastors and the accounting staff are the ones who kind of manage those things because what we're wanting to create is um, a windfall that will be used for capital expenses, improvements, those sort of things that you don't regularly budget. And and if you um, – one way to – if you publish your numbers and you're concerned about if you do that and you're concerned about showing that, you know, receipts are way above budget, mm-hmm. um, what you can do is you can budget your surplus. So, some of the things that get churches in trouble, deferred maintenance, um, things that need to be fixed that 
you know, sit around for forever. And all of a sudden, you know, an air conditioning unit goes out and it's like, well, $20,000, where are we going to get it? And, you know, you got to pull from the budget and it's, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're short on cash because you weren't expecting this expense. One of the things you can do to manage a budget shortfall or prevent a budget shortfall is to budget your deferred maintenance. Just put a line item in the budget, whatever it needs to be, 10000 20000 50000 even for some churches. Um, put that in there. Um, the other thing that you can do is you, if you're concerned about, well, we don't really want to show that we're doing really, really well because people will stop giving. Well, budget your surplus. Budget budget the windfall, as you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that, not my word. I don't know that I would say that, uh, but uh, b- but it, it sounds surplus, really it, it sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, budget your surplus. Put that in the budget. Put if you want ten percent, put ten percent in the budget, um, so that at the end of the year you don't quite make budget. Let's say you you, you put a ten percent surplus in the budget, and you're only you only hit five percent of you know what you want. We well, still have a five percent surplus. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some ways to do that. Where you're not, you know, showing things like, oh, things are really good. I don't need to give. Um, yeah, you can put those about, in the budget. Let's talk about the philosophy of sharing these numbers in just a second. But before we do, I just want to remind everyone, and they've heard us talk a number of times about Ministry Grid. Uh, Ministry Grid has a deal going on. You can train your entire church if you use if you go to ministrygrid.com/podcasts for only three ninety nine. That's three hundred ninety nine. For over 3,500 videos and 800 courses, you can train the entire church, all sorts of ministries, all of the different areas online in the convenience of their home or as a group by going to ministrygrid.com slash podcast. So, real quick, I remember when the Ministry Grid team was building their system and they showed it to me Uh and uh, Todd Adkins was kind of the leader of of Minister Grin, he walked me into this room and it was all full of not whiteboards but the clear acrylic boards and sure. literally it, you know you've seen those scenes like with scientists and there's uh-huh. numbers yeah, yeah. and formulas it looked like that um i, I have believe it i have no idea what it all meant yeah but i'm sure it's really really fancy and amazing fantastic resource train your entire church 399 so i hear different people here's my philosophy on sharing those numbers because some folks say if you share the numbers and you're up, then people will feel like, well, I don't have to give. Like we're in the if you share the numbers and you're down, visitors will go, man, this church is, you know, it's sinking. You know, those so I've heard both of those sort of um tactics. Obviously, I think you shared a little bit here. You don't like to share windfall or surplus numbers because it feels do you do y'all publish those like in a weekly thing? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We show um, we show our we're in a capital campaign, so we show our weekly mm-hmm. campaign numbers, and we also show our weekly giving numbers, and we compare them to the budget. Cool. So we do this once a month in a emailed newsletter to members. Um, it's part of just those regular kind of newsletters everybody does. It's just upcoming events, a little letter from me, and then our numbers. Boom, right there. What we've actually seen, and this is in two churches now, when there is a time of surplus, people give more. And when there's a time of of deficit, uh, the giving slows. Be- and I think the philosophy isn't just the way I build it. It's like, you know, you're part of winning and people want to be a part of winning. And so we're doing yeah, a great job. Keep there's doing, a few you know, studies on that actually. And I, I can't remember where they are or how to find them, but there's sure. a psychology to giving. Yeah. And and people people want to give to winners. Right. Um, and, and, and that's – Kind of sad in some ways mm-hmm. um, and understandable in others. 
but that's reality. Um, so you will tend to struggle more the further you fall behind. So it's almost right. like this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how do you break out of it? Um, one of the things you're going to have to do, let's say you're in a budget shortfall right now. Middle and it's, of the year, you're not bringing in what you're And, and it's, let's say it's yeah. fairly significant. Let's say it's, Ouch. you know, it's not, you know, you know, if you're a couple of thousand below, that's probably just break even. But mm -hmm. let's say it's significant to where you're really struggling. You know, you're going to have to prioritize. That's step number one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which expenses are most important? Um, which ones, do, you know, do you not have to – all of a sudden, it's like, what what can we defer? So, this is how churches get deferred maintenance is they, they go, what what expenses can we defer? And it's typically like, well, we need a new elevator, but uh, we don't want to pay for that right now and it doesn't have to happen right now. So, um, that gets deferred. Um, so, you're going to have to figure out what needs to be deferred. Um, the other thing to do is, I mean, you probably need to tell your church about it. Um, you know, the old like preach on giving sort of thing, but you need to do it in a way, obviously, that does not uh, guilt people into giving because that works for like one week. Right. Um, so, you need to prioritize your expenses. Uh, you need to be very forthcoming with your church, however you communicate with your church, whether it be in a sermon or some other way to say that this is where we're at. Um, and then you need to uh, you need to cast the vision in a way that gets people inspired. Mm. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to guilt people through um, a budget shortfall. Uh, there needs to be some sort of fresh vision that gets people excited about giving again. And I, I am a firm believer, we do this every week. We tell people about our mission partners. We tell people about what's going on. Um, sometimes we say, hey, when you give, this is what it goes to. Uh, but more times than not, it's just kind of implied that, hey, this is what our church is doing and we do it in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. um, so, sharing often, particularly in your Sunday morning worship services or whenever you meet, whenever your main gathering is, sharing about the, the things that are happening that are good will inspire giving to some degree. Yeah, we, we've recently started doing this every single time we're taking up the offering. So, we do the at the end of the service, you know, call the ushers forward, that sort of thing. And while they're coming forward, every time I will say, hey, this week, this happened every Sunday. And it's a very pointed um, moment of saying, thank you for giving. That happened because you are giving sacrificially in these plates that are about to be passed. And we have seen a significant uptick in our giving ever since we started doing that. Uh, it's become something where not only, you know, we tell people thank you for um, volunteering, those sort of things always, of course. And I think a lot of churches are great about that, bringing them up, um, having them stand, those sort of things. Let's applaud all the VBS workers. Those are great things. But what we've sort of shifted doing is not only doing that, but also then having at least a line, like one sentence that says, also, by the way, those of you who were not able to serve, but you gave, you have a huge part in this. Thank you for giving. And so we're we're very intentional about doing that. And have seen an uptick. And so what I would do is celebrate the wins. Another thing that I've done before is communicating, you know, communicating what a budget is. Um, a budget, the way I say it is, this is the way we will spend the money if the money comes in. It's not, we're not held to, so we're going to use our 100,000 number. In, in a lot of budgets, 80% budgets, of that let's say 75, 80% of that is going to be things you have to do. You have to do a weekly paycheck. You have to pay the electricity. You have to pay insurance, those sort of things. There'll be a there'll be the 15, 20% of it you do not have to do. Um, that'll be the $2,000 that's, that's budgeted towards youth ministry or children's events, those sort of things. 
um, $1,000 towards outreach, those sort of situations. You don't have to spend those numbers. So when you go under what I call the want, but you're not yet at the need, then that's a good time to really alert everybody to say, hey, we're, we're, we're getting close to a situation in which we could be in a lot of problems. So here's what's going on. Just want you to know the numbers. We, we budgeted 100. It looks like we're going to finish the year at 90. If, if we don't step up our giving, if we don't give to the level that we thought we were going to give, those sort of things. I'm also meeting with the elders or the lead team or whatever situation or structure you have. And I'm telling them we need to create some philosophies or some strategies in case we get below that 80%. And so I've been in situations before where we were tracking horribly and um, it was inexplicable. We had no idea what was going on. Sam, you and Mike both walked with me through all of that and talking to the elders. And what we decided was, you know, we celebrated the wins. We informed the church. We encouraged people. But behind the scenes, I was actually having to have conversations with staff that says, look, if these things don't turn around by this date, um, you know, we're probably going to have to do a layoff or we're going to have to do a cut and salaries, these sort of things. And so it was a respectful adult sort of conversation. And what that allowed some of our staff members to do was to begin looking, begin circulating. That way they had as much time. And thankfully, by God's grace, the giving went back up and surged past what we even predicted, you know. And um, and so they just kind of shut down those uh, little feelers that they had out there, you know. And that's, that's some strategies to – you don't want it to be like uh, on day number 90, we have to lay off people down. And that's the first time you're telling people, you know, um, you want to include certain people in the conversations at certain levels. Yeah. The other thing to think about um, mm -hmm. if you have a budget shortfall, that's good stuff, is um, a lot of times we go right to the expenses. You know, what can we cut? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's um, that's a good thing to do because you're going to have to prioritize your expenses. So, you're right in a budget shortfall. Maybe you're even like – who are we going to pay this week? You know, obviously prioritizing your expenses is is key. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if the elevator can wait on getting fixed, well, don't do that and don't spend a big chunk of change on that. Go go pay the light bill. Go pay the things that, you know, are going to keep the church operating. Um, so, those operating expenses are the most important expenses that, that keep things running. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing to think about, often we go to the expenses, but the other thing to, to think about is another way to solve the budget shortfall is not just to cut expenses, it's to raise revenue. Right. So, back to that idea of, you know, telling your church about it, you know, inspiring people. But another way to raise revenue is to offer people more options to give. And mm -hmm. a lot of uh, churches don't realize this. The more options you give pe that you allow for people to give, the more money you bring in. Uh, we were not doing online giving when I got to West Bradenton, believe it or not. This is 2015 and we were not doing online giving. We started online giving. The and I don't know how this math worked exactly, but our budget went up pretty significantly and it went up the exact amount of online giving. Yeah, now, I, mean, I know they that some say people it's about 25%. You can reasonably expect an uptick of close to 25%. And I've that's about that. that's about what our ours was. So if you're not doing online giving, I mean, you're not capturing the way that people give now. Right. We're about to launch text to give. Right. Um, we've got to go through a church management software conversion, but sure. first, but um, but we're going to launch text to give, and I believe that that's going to increase giving. I don't know what percent, but it it will go up. Um, so. 
you can de- you can uh, cut your expenses, prioritize your expenses, and think of ways to raise revenue. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, man, get in front of my church and just telling them, hey, things are bad, we need your money. Well, that's probably not the best way to do no. it. There's other ways to do it. But then another thing to think about is just provide people more options to give. Um, and yeah. then that will help with the the budget shortfall because you're increasing revenue. Man, and I'll tell you something. When when I become the pastor, the two churches I you know took as the lead pastor, but I also did this when I was in you know youth ministry or associate ministry, those sort of things. One of the very first things I do is to sit down and look through every single line item of a budget. And there's a lot of people that you just don't realize. Example: Why are we spending this much money on phone lines? And then you start asking questions and then, oh, hey, did you know that we have a phone line capped off that has its own number that we pay $25 a month for that? It's it's literally cut. You can't even plug a phone into it if you wanted to. And why did we do that? Well, here's the history. Here's how we got to this point. Okay. Are we in a contract? No. Well, let's kill the line. And so you save those sort of things. Can we renegotiate our copy machine contract? No, Where that's are we buying our paper? Um, those sort of things. Another huge thing that happens in churches because we end up in a place for logical reasons, but nobody ever stops and takes an assessment. Here's a big one. Uh, Wednesday night programming, midweek programming, all this kind of stuff. You'll have a little small group meeting over in this building. The whole thing is turned on. Lights, electricity, air conditioner. But the children are being cared for over in that building where the entire thing is being turned on. And so I've actually been in situations where we've asked a small group to meet in the children's building just so that we turn on one unit. In one situation, we literally created a one, a single childcare room in the adult education building just so different ministries could use that. And you don't have to turn on the other room. You don't have to turn on the other building. The children are being cared for. And they're actually, the parents liked it better. They were right down the hall instead of a building over, you know. So reevaluating some of those things can immediately show uh, we're cutting costs without cutting ministry. A lot of people think, oh, well, now we've got to kill the choir. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you could start. Um, and I, and I, why, why do we use that phrase, kill the choir? Um, I think it's, I don't know, it, philosophical reasons. We love our I choir. I know, but it's, have you ever thought about how awful sounding that is? It is. It's bloody. <laughs> it's a bad term. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard it many times. Yeah. And it just, it just kind of hit me after you said it. Maybe it's the way you said it. I don't know. I was just like, man, Everything that sounds, sounds meaner coming out of me. The, that sounds like something out of a horror movie. I mean, that know, sounds like the title of a horror movie. That, let's write a horror book, Sam. <laughs> It'd be horrible. But, you know. Kill the, the choir. Kill rated the choir. <laughs> but we don't have to kill the ministry. We could be tweaking things the way that the ministries and you can cut expenses dramatically if you get them more in line a couple of other philosophies i want to throw at you see what you if you've ever done any of these before is there is a revenue stream of using the facilities of people you know there there may be a church uh this is something we did one time was there's a church spending way more than they could afford to be in a school we approach them similar philosophy um, same denomination, same extended family, those sort of things. And we said, why don't y'all spend half of that and meet in this portion of our facilities? You never have to set up, take down, all that kind of stuff. It was a win for them. It was a win for us. It started, you know, helping with some of the expenses and those sort of things. Now, let me caution you. You do not want to be dependent on that. Don't no, be dependent you don't. on your rentals. But 
they could help with various expenses, those sort of things. And then, and one of the, one of the ways to use rental income like that or lease income, yeah, is to um, make that uh, your uh, use that for capital projects like AC units and elevators, right? And because everybody different uses things. those, yeah, right. The, the rental and, and, people use those as well, and. What it does is, you know, when you're raising money and you're trying to get people excited about ministry, AC units and elevators, it's it's hard to get people excited about that because they're just, they're, they're utilitarian. Mm-hmm. And the utilitarian stuff is just, I mean, a parking lot, try, try doing a capital campaign for a parking lot, it's impossible. Right. Um, so, the utilitarian stuff, you know, if you have some lease income, that's, you know, if you're kind of like on the edge struggling, I would start using some of that mm-hmm. for, for capital projects. And then that way, the operating budget... It is what it is for the church. Yeah. I've got another idea and we're over time, but I think this, I, I like this stuff because it helps people. But another philosophy is come up with an actual strategy. There's been times I've stood up in front of the church and said, hey, we ran the numbers. If everyone who is not giving anything right now, and I don't know who that is, but we just know the giving units. If they gave $10 a week, that would fix this this issue here. If everybody gave 10 more dollars a week. If you're giving, give 10 more to that sort of stuff. So we're doing this sort of, it's a campaign of $10, you know, and here's what could be freed up. Here's what we could do. Here's these sort of things. And I paint really an inspiring thing. Um, that really created a strategy that people could get behind instead of just saying, you know, if the church hears we're $20,000, I don't have 20, I can't give $20,000. You know, it seems too big, but if we each did $10, I can do that, you know, or I can give $3 then it contributes to the whole. So creating an actual strategy is helpful when you're talking about those sort of things. Any last words, Sam? No. Man, we're praying for those who have... uh, (laughs) We're short on time. Financial shortfalls, yeah. So thanks for listening and we'll check you next week. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.